We want to thank you today for joining us at Truth Chapel's podcast. I pray this word would bring you life. I pray that it would edify you, encourage you, and enlighten you. If you have a moment, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be so grateful. God bless, and let this word speak to your heart today. But I have a word, and I, really it's a word that I, there's a lot of building here, but there's a couple nuggets that I feel like are for some people, and if you could stay attentive to the word, I believe God wants to speak to you and challenge you today. I'm going to go to Judges chapter 7. Judges chapter 7. And we're going to start in verse 19. Judges 7 and verse 19. This is a very familiar passage and probably very over-preached passage. But yet here I am preaching it again. Gideon and the 300 with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. Just after they had changed guard, they blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars, grasping the torch in their left hand and holding it in their right hands, the trumpet that they were to blow. They shouted, the sword for the Lord and for Gideon, while each man held his position around the camp. All the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. Verse 22 says, and when the 300 trumpets sounded, look at your neighbor and say, when the trumpet sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their own sword. Mm. I hope I preach to someone today. If not, let me just preach to me, okay? But today I want to preach to you a sermon that I've titled, From a Sword to a trumpet from a sword to a trumpet if you would just raise your hands and pray that God would speak to you in this house Lord we thank you for bringing us into your house safe I pray in the name of Jesus that you would challenge us move upon us I pray that before we leave this place we can say we met with you and we heard your voice God Lord we will be careful to give you all the praise and to give you all the glory I pray these things in Jesus' name. I pray your anointing will go forth in Jesus' name. Someone say in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. It's good to have Brother Gideon with us playing the piano. Many of y'all don't know this, but I went to school with Brother Gideon. Matter of fact, Gideon, just give me E flat if that's I'm just kidding. I'm not going to sing. <laughs> Amen. Gideon's a great guy, and uh, uh, it's an honor to have him here today. I don't know uh, where you're at today, but I believe that there are some things in our lives that we must fight for. There are some things that God wants us to fight for. And if those things are to be present in our lives, uh, I believe we must fight for them. If there's going to be peace in your home, you're going to have to fight for that peace. I need somebody to hear me today. If there's 
going to be peace in your home, you're going to have to fight for that because the enemy will do whatever he can do to bring confusion into your home. And so if you want peace into your home, you're going to have to fight for it. Amen. If you want to have a good marriage, you're going to have to fight for that. If if you want to have a prayer life, uh, it's not going to come easy, but you're going to have to fight for that. You're going to have to fight for your children. Luke's Told, in Luke, Jesus told the disciples, he said, I want you to do something. I, I want you to sell your coat and to buy a sword. Why? Because he wanted them to learn uh, how to fight some things. There are some things that will not just fall into your lap, but God wants you to fight for them. In Judges, I'm reminded, uh, Judges chapter 3, now there were the nations uh, uh, of the Lord left. And, and the Bible says that, that in verse 1 now, these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them. Even as many of Israel had not known all the wars of Canaan. In other words, there was a generation that did not know how to fight. And the Bible says only the generations of the children of Israel might know to teach them war in other words God allows some things to be undone in your life why uh, because he wants you to fight for some things that's why God doesn't fix everything right away because some things you've got to dig down and you've got to fight for them amen amen if you want to have a prayer life you got to fight for it if you want to have peace in your home you're going to have to fight for it I want to talk to some young person. If you want a ministry, you're going to have to fight for it. The world's going to try to come against you. But if you want it, you need to fight for it. If you want joy in your life, you're going to have to fight for it. But today, I don't really want to necessarily talk about that. I, I believe we understand there's some things that we have to fight for. But in the story that we read, Gideon is here and... There's a lot of problems going on. The Israelites are surrounded by the Midianites. And the Midianites were descendants of the children of Abraham. And, and, and we understand history says that these people were the first people to domesticate camels. You say, I've never heard that before. What does that mean? Pretty much what it means is they had great mobility in the desert. And so what they would do, the Midianites, they would sweep down and cut off the supply lines of God's people. They would steal their crops. And they continued to do this. And Israel got tired of losing their crops. And so the Bible says Gideon was persuaded. And he decided he was going to lead a group of people to fight against the Midianites. And the Bible says that the Midianites were numbered in the tens of of thousands. In other words, they were the underdogs. The children of Israel were the underdogs. The, the Bible says they couldn't, there were so many of them, they couldn't even count them all. You see, Gideon had a huge task ahead of him. He needed God to help him. And so he constructed an army of 32,000 men. They were already the underdog with 32,000, and they all got together. But God said this. He said, Gideon, you know the story. He said, there are too many. Have you ever heard of a battle that had one side that had too many weapons? Too many men. No, we always want more. 
more ammunition. We want more. But God said, get in. There's too many. I've never heard of that before, but God, I don't understand what you're doing, but God said, Gideon, what I want you to do is, if they are afraid, I want you to send them home. The Bible says that a large portion admitted that they were scared. I'm not sure who the first one was that stepped out, but whoever that guy was, he started a big wave of people that said, yep, I'm scared too. I I don't know if we can do this. I can't even count how many men are down there. I don't know if I can step in and fight this. We are the underdogs we're going to lose. And so the Bible says that 22,000 men of the army decided that they were not going to fight. 22,000 men said the enemy is stronger than we are. 22,000 men said we don't have enough power. We don't have enough swords. We don't have enough weapons to fight and to win this battle. Don't have enough. Has anybody ever been there before? Where you feel like when life is coming at you, you feel like you've lost the battle before it even begun? Mm. You see, I hear you talk about how we need to fight for some things and Uh, I agree with that, but what if I've already lost the battle before it started? See, in my mind, yeah, some of you are relating right now. Uh, uh, Maybe you feel that way, that you've already lost, and some of you can relate with the 22,000. I'm not trying to pick on them, but they failed to realize that God was with them. They failed to realize that God was not going to leave them, but somewhere they convinced themselves that they were not good enough, and 22,000 said, we've already lost. We're going to walk away. 22,000 men said, we don't have enough weapons to win this battle. I want to remind somebody, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Before you give up on God... Oh, I, I, I need somebody to hear me today. Before you decide to give up on God, maybe you should ask him what his plan is. Maybe what you think you need, God doesn't need. Maybe what you thought was going to take you there, maybe God had something else in plan. And so those 22,000 men walked away defeated before the battle even begun. Don't walk away from the battle before it even begins when God is on your side. And so the Bible says 10,000. I'm building somewhere. I know it's not great yet, but just give me a second, okay? I know you've never heard this story before, and I want to tell you, okay? I'm excited. 10,000 is left. 10,000 standing with Gideon. They were hopeful. They were courageous. They were brave. They were willing to fight even though they understood that they... We're the underdogs, and all odds were against them. And you know what God says? Gideon, there are still too many. God, can we talk a little bit here? Now, you took 22,000, and now you're still telling me that I've got too many men. 
God said, take them down to the river and watch how they receive the water. And if they stick their head in the water, they are not fit for this battle. You know why? Because if they allow themselves to get distracted by the refreshment that is in front of them, then they'll probably get distracted in the battle. Someone caught that. You need to be careful not to get distracted by the refreshments of this world. I need somebody to hear me today. You need to make sure your mind is on the king. And so God said, he said, yeah, he said, if they stick their head in the water, they're not looking up. They don't care what's around them. They're distracted. And he said, if they stick their head in the water, he said, I want you to let them go. But everybody who gets down on their knees and is careful, those are soldiers. You know why? Because why? They are taking the refreshment. They're keeping their eyes up. I want to talk to some. This ain't in my notes, but I want to say to some parents today, when you parent your child, I understand there's some things in life and you get busy and you got to eat and you got to drink, but you better keep your eyes up and watching because the adversary is trying to steal away your children don't you get lost in this world and forget about your children you can drink that refreshment but you better watch yeah that was free that was free that was from youth pastor right there And so everybody who picks the water up and they have a watchful eye, they understand the purpose. They understand the importance of the moment. They understand that they may be outgunned and outmanned, but God is with them. And and so the Bible says that when Gideon did what God said, he was left with only 300 men. These 300 men had a watchful eye. They watched 22,000 of their fellow brothers walk away scared. They watched another 9,700 men that allowed themselves to get distracted by something as simple as water. It amazes me how scripture can begin to talk to us and relate to us. As anybody in the house can say, yeah, I've had some friends that just got distracted and walked out of the church. Couldn't even realize what was going on in their life. You see, that's what these 300 men realize. I want to tell you, if you have somebody that's walking out on you you, as a friend, walking out of the church, you stay in the church. You stay focused. You stay where God puts you. And so the Bible says there's these 300 men. They 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 were watchful. And it it just amazes me. They were left with 300, but yet they were still there. These were some bad dudes. I know you know the story. I know I'm not preaching to the 5 to 11-year-olds. I I understand that. But God cut a 32,000 army down to 300 men. But God wasn't done yet. You see, we tell the story. Most of you in Sunday school heard the story, and it kind of ends right there. And you want me to jump to the end, and we know what happens. I know you know what happens. But God wasn't done because there was something that happened after that. God said this. He said, Gideon, I want you to take away all their weapons. It's almost as if God was trying to sabotage the whole operation. God, are you working for me or against me? I'm preaching to somebody right now because you've asked God that. God, why does it feel like you're not for me right now? I feel like you're working against me, God. You're not doing what I thought you should do. Yeah. God, do you even care? Yeah. 
seems as if God was working against them. I know some of you in this room have felt that way. It's not that God was working against you. God wasn't working against we'll, 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 we'll get there. God was not working against them, but in their mind and in the moment, they felt like God might have been working against them. And God, why are you doing this? God, we had 32,000. Now we only have 300. And then God said, Gideon, collect all the weapons. He said, I want you to put all the swords down on the ground. God, these are some bad dudes. Are you sure you want me to go tell them to put all their weapons down on the ground? God, are you positive this is exactly what you want me want to do? And the Bible says, God says, take all of their weapons. God, do you remember that 31,700 people walked away? I'm only left with 300. I, I don't have much. We can't even count how many they have. But you want me to take all of the weapons? I do want to clarify that these were some bad dudes. These dudes were men's men. Look at your neighbor and say they were some men's men. They were the cream of the crop. They were men that I want around my security detail. They, they are men that are legit. They are attentive. They, they are just bad to the bone dudes. These guys are what we call true warriors. They watch 22,000 walk away. They watch another 9,700 9, walk away. And they still said, I, I think we can win this thing. I, I think maybe we could do something. These dudes were bad to the bone. And God said, you know what? He said, Take all of their weapons. And I can imagine. I'm going to give you the, 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 the young people understand this. I give them the JKV Gideon. The John Canarium version. And I can imagine. I, I can just imagine when Gideon said, hey, I want you to take out all the weapons. I can just imagine the AR-15s coming out. You know, the brass knuckles coming out. And they just, and I can imagine they laying them out. And then Gideon look at him and saying, I know you got more. Thank you. God said all the weapons. I know you have more. These were bad dudes, man. They, I'm sure they had all kinds of weapons. None of these guys would have what we would call in the modern world a merce. It's, it's a purse for a man. Some of y'all didn't. No, no. These guys were... Bad to the bone. And I'm sure when he gathered all, all of the weapons up, I, I, I can see all of these weapons being laid down. These guys were guys that said, you know what? If I have to, I'll eat locusts to survive because I don't care. These dudes were raised up in the woods bad. Yeah. And Gideon says, take all the weapons. God, are you rooting against us right now? God, are you working for us right now? I want to tell somebody that there are just some battles that you don't need a sword to win. I said, there are some battles in your life. You don't need a weapon to win it. For the battle is not yours. God said it's mine. Yeah. Yeah, Gideon, get all the weapons because they may not need all the weapons because when you got God on your side. Some of you in this room, you know how to fight, but the problem is, is you're wanting to fight everything. Everything that comes at you, you pull out that sword. But there are some battles you cannot win with a sword. Yeah, some battles you can't do it. 
Am I okay? All right, 16 minutes, that's it. I know you're counting. You're looking at your watch. It's only been 16 minutes. And then Gideon said, hold on. After they got all of the brass knuckles and all the AR-15s and all, they threw them all out, Desmond. They got all the swords and they threw them all out. I'm convinced maybe one of them probably kept something. And Gideon says, I have something for you because God wants me to give you something. And he passes out, you ready? A trumpet. A trumpet. I can just imagine these dudes, these bad dudes. <laughs> what do you want me to do with a trumpet? You see, Gideon, it is so fitting that you are here today. Man, I did not plan this, but this is awesome. I went to school with Gideon. You know what he was? He was the music major. And I was a theologian guy, okay? And so there was always this thing going on between the music department and the preachers, right? We're like always gun it, it's fun and jokes, but we always like to joke like, oh yeah, prayer meeting. Well, we know the music people aren't gonna show up because you know they don't, you know, you know, we just joke around about stuff like that. But I Gideon, please don't take offense, but I'm pretty sure all the music majors left with the twenty-two thousand. <laughs> Damn. Them and their mercies, they all left. I'm just, oh, I'm done. I'm just done. I'm just kidding, Gideon. You know, he's like, he's telling the truth just a little bit. He's, he's talking, uh, yeah. These dudes are not music. They, they don't know how to play a trumpet. The music majors were scared. They left as soon as, as, soon as Gideon said, hey, anybody's scared? They're like, mm, out. Do you know what's going on? I ain't doing it. But these bad dudes, yeah, they have no idea how to play a trumpet. And Gideon says, here you go, guys. Here's a trumpet. Does anybody in this room think that any of those 300 guys knew how to play a trumpet? No. If it was my guess, they, they, they didn't understand. They, they didn't know. I don't even know if they've ever learned. These dudes were not sitting at Bible college in their room playing the piano all night. That's what, that wasn't them. These guys were the guys that when they were kids, they were in the, uh, the woods and they were mixing different colored dirt together just to put it on their face so they could play hide and seek. They did not know how to play a trumpet. But Gideon said, I want your sword. And here's a trumpet. Oh, this is good right now. All the weapons are laid out because the battle is not going to be won with a weapon. But the battle is not going to be won with a sword. It's not going to be won with an AR-15. But this battle, I understand you practice throwing the axes. And I understand you have all the swords. And I understand you have all of this talent and ability in you. You know what you're doing. But God said, I may not need the talent. Oh, I'm preaching right now. I may not need your gift. What if God takes away the gift that you thought was so precious in your hand? What if God takes away the very thing that you thought this is what I'm going to do for the Lord? Oh, I'm preaching to somebody right now. Yeah. 
They didn't know how to play a trumpet. All they knew how to do is do swords. But God's saying, you know what? I'm going to teach you something. It's more than just fighting for everything. But you're going to have to have a trumpet. Oh, I need somebody to hear me. You can't win every battle with a sword. But you're going to have to lift up your voice sometime and call on the name of the Lord, the Most High God. Yeah, because you thought you were only good with the swords. And God's saying, you know what? Before you learned swords, you were supposed to be a worshiper. Before you learned the piano, you were supposed to be a worshiper. Before you could play those drums, you were supposed to be a worshiper. Before you could grab that mic and preach that sermon, you were supposed to be a worshiper. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Because there I can worship. There I can magnify. There I can glorify. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Bubba, you know how to play the trumpet? No, I don't know how to play the trumpet. Yeah. You know, some, man, this is not even in my notes. Some of you, when we start to worship in the front, you get a little uncomfortable. Because you don't know how to blow the trumpet. Because you've spent so much time learning everything else and working on all the other gifts and going to all the games and making sure our kids are involved in this and that and we're so crazy and life is so busy and then we come into the house of the Lord and we begin to worship the King of Kings. You don't know how to blow the trumpet. Why did he take their swords? I believe it was because there are some battles in your life that a sword can't do it. There's some hardships in your life that a sword's never going to kill. There's some people in your life that you just can't get a sword out and kill them. But you can call upon the name of the Lord. Where cometh my help? My help comes from God. My help comes from God. See, some of us have, have come too comfortable in trying to fight everything in our life. Oh, God, help me in the name of Jesus. We've become too comfortable with fighting everything. That's why you're mad all the time. Because you have learned how to fight. And as soon as somebody looks wrong at you, and as soon as someone says something a little off, you're like... I'm ready to fight. I'm here to tell you, put down the sword and pick up the trumpet. Put the trumpet to your mouth. Lord, you take care of it. Lord, this is not my battle. This is your battle. Yes. Yes. 
Yes, there are things you've got to fight for. I understand that. But there are some adversaries that are coming against some of you in this room that a sword will not kill them. And the only thing that will kill them is thus the Lord. It's the only thing. The only thing that will kill them is when you grab the trumpet. You see, God took an army of 32,000 to 300 because God didn't want any man to take glory for it. And while they practiced all their axe throwing and they had all that perfect, they knew they looked bad, bad to the bone. God didn't need any of that. God reminded them that you are nothing without me. You can't do, I just want to tell somebody, you really can't do nothing without him. You better be careful not to lean too much on your own ability that you forget about. It's his ability. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, you see, now we see it. Am I okay, Sister Chavis? Now, now you see it. We see the end of the story. You see, God needed a specialized group of men. God needed some men that knew how to walk quietly in the woods. You see, 32,000 men just making all kinds of noise wasn't going to work. In other words, God's plan was going to be done in the silence. I said God's plan was going to be done in the silence. Can I preach to someone to tell you, you don't always got to tell everybody what you do for the Lord. Because God's plan can be done in the silence. You don't have to tell me you're in the prayer room. Because God's plan can be done in the silence. Yeah. You see, we didn't need 32,000 men going through that wood making all the noise. They were the underdog. But God knew if we could sneak up on them. God knew if we could make them think that we are a one million person army, even though we're 300, they don't have to know that. You see, God's ways are not our ways, and God's thoughts are not our thoughts, but yet we doubt him every time he says something to us. Maybe not every time, but most sometimes when God speaks to us, we doubt him and say, God, are you sure? Let me talk about myself then. Let me just say that. Many times God will say something that I will get out of my comfort zone, and immediately I go, God, do you really know what you're doing? God, do you really understand? And then God leads me into the right direction, and I see what God is doing. And then God speaks again, and I go, God, do you really know what you're doing? God only needed 300 men walking through the wood, and his work was going to be done in the silence. In the silence. You see, it's in the silence God begins to work on you and you feel like nobody is seeing you and no one cares and no one knows where you're at and you are overlooked, but God is doing a work in the silence. You see, God's plan would be done in the silence. Some of God's best work is done when nobody is watching. The clinking of swords going through the woods was not going to be a good way to sneak up to the enemy. 
No, God didn't need that. God needed a small group of people that would strategically move into a location without being detected. He wanted them to get into the right place at the right time. I need somebody to hear me. If you would just go with God's plan, uh, he would get you in the right place uh, at the right time. And God is cutting some people away from, I need to, uh, God is speaking right now. God is cutting away some people out of your life. uh, And you thought it would be a crowd uh, when you got to where you were supposed to be. uh, And you're looking around. And it's like nobody's around because you started with 32, but now you're only 300. But God is taking you to the right place at the right time. I feel like somebody needs to raise their hands in this house and begin to talk to him. See, in hindsight, we understand in verse 20. Help me out, Brother Gary. In verse, in verse 20, Judges chapter 7, the Bible says that we understand the Midianites are going to go to sleep one night. And Gideon and his men are going to sneak up to a location. And they're going to spread out in three different companies. And verse 20 says, and when the three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hand and holding the right hand to the trumpets they, that they were to blow, they shouted the sword for the Lord and for Gideon and the Bible says and while each man held his position I need to preach here today While each man held his position, you may not feel like you're doing something for God because you're standing still But maybe God is doing the work in front of you That's for somebody. I don't know where you are, but uh, you're standing still. You're holding your position, and you're saying, I don't feel like anything's going on. But maybe God is fighting the battle in front of you. Maybe. While each man held his position around the camp, this was not going to be one with a sword. But this is going to be one with men holding their positions with their trumpet in their hand. There's going to be battles in your life. They will not be one with a sword. But it may be you just standing at the altar still with a trumpet in your hand saying, God, I don't understand. But I still worship you. God, I can't see it, God, but you're awesome. Lord, you're a mighty God, an everlasting father. There's some battles that will not be won with a sword, but they will be won with a trumpet in your hand, with a shout in your voice. Because the battle is not yours, but God wants to fight your battles. And I said all that to say this, I am coming, I'm coming in slowly. Am I okay? I've been going 31 minutes. Am I okay? Everybody all right? Because I preached that whole story just to get to this last couple points. You see, God had them lay down their weapons and gave them a trumpet. And I begin to study, Brother Tommy, on the trumpet in the Bible. Because I keep reading all of these scriptures about how God gave them a trumpet. And I'm like, what's the significance of the trumpet? Why, why, why is it the trumpet? They got a trumpet. God could have gave them anything, but he decided to give them a trumpet. And when I was studying the trumpet, when the trumpet sounded, there was a time when it sounded and God began to speak. When the trumpet sounded, 
uh, it sometimes signified a warning. When the trumpet was sounded, it signified war, but it also signified victory. When the trumpet was sounded, the anointing was poured out. You see, I asked myself, okay, when this trumpet was sounded, all of these things, and there's many more that I didn't even mention, all these things in the Bible begin to happen. And I began to look at that, and I was like, but uh, maybe this sounds funny, but, but I asked myself, then how do we blow the trumpet in the modern day? Because when the trumpet was sounded, it was a warning, or the trumpet was sounding a victory, or, or God began to fight for his people. And I'm like, God, I, I want to sound a trumpet sometimes in my life. Uh, God, so I know this sounds funny, but, but Brother Gideon, can you teach me how to play the trumpet? No, I don't even know if I could do that. That takes a unique person to be able to play the trumpet. And so I thought, you know what, maybe it's not a real trumpet. Maybe that's not really one. And so God, I asked God, God, how, how do I blow the trumpet in my life? And I went to Psalms 150 and it says, Praise God with the sound of a trumpet. Now I understand uh, that's talking about a real trumpet. And I read that and I went, well, I guess I'm going to have to get Gideon to teach me the trumpet again because it says praise God with the sound of the trumpet and that's what I need to do. But then God took me to Isaiah 58.1. And I need you to put that up. Isaiah 58.1. And I'm going to wait a second. Do we have it? Isaiah 58.1. And it says, cry aloud. Spare not. Lift thy voice. Like a trumpet. You see, I read Psalms and it says, yeah, you can play with the sound. But Isaiah said, but you can lift your voice like a trumpet. You see, I wondered if we could just do that right now. Could someone stand to their feet and let that trumpet come out of your It's almost as God built inside of us our own trumpet. It don't matter what you're going through when you lift your voice. You're saying this means war, devil. I will win. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice in this house. I believe when I lift my voice, I'm declaring I'm going to win the battle. When I lift my voice, God is saying, you will have the victory. I wonder, does anybody got a trumpet inside of them? I'm wondering, does anybody got a trumpet inside it? Is anybody going through a battle right now? They can say, I'm going to have to lift up my voice and let where cometh my help. My help comes from God. A sword's not going to do it. I need to lay the sword down. God. 
I'm just waiting on God right now. God told me to pause for a moment. I'm just waiting on God. I'm waiting on somebody that would say, you know what? I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to let that trumpet come out of my mouth. Let me tell you, mom and dad, how you fight for your children. You get up to this front and you let the trumpet come out of your mouth. If you're praying, I want you to pray, but I want you to, I want to say one more thing here. And then I want to release you. I don't believe we understand how powerful our voice is. If you didn't get anything, I need you to hear me right now. You serve a speaking God. When he created the sun, the moon, and the stars, he used his voice. Let there be light. Let the dry land appear. God spoke the trees into existence. He is a speaking God. Are you ready for it? God spoke everything into existence except for you and I. I want to remind you, you have a speaking God. He spoke everything into existence except for you. You know what he did for you? He got down in the dirt and he created you in his image. He began to create you. He created man in his own image. You and I are the only creation of God that was made in his image. And so God showed his power through his voice when he created the earth. But he didn't do that for you and I. Because we were made in the likeness of him. We were made in his image. And you know why God didn't do it? Because you will have a voice to be able to speak. You will have a voice. You see, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Whatever thou shalt bind on earth, it shall be bound in heaven. Whatever thou shalt loose on earth, it shall be loosed. So I want to release somebody in this house. Let the trumpet come out of your mouth. Come on, I want somebody to lift your voice in this place. We want to thank you again for joining us on the Truth Chapel podcast. May you have a blessed day and walk in the favor of the Lord.